matter of unquestionable love. Unquestionable love. Unquestionable love. Now, we've been talking on the matter of um, love for the past um, weeks since we entered the month of May. Um, last Sunday, we looked at the excellence of love and um, the session before that, we looked at um, enemies and how to deal with them. Even on the matter and the subject of love. Now, tonight we want to look at unquestionable love. Unquestionable love. And I'll be using um, Simon Peter, the chief apostle, or the first bishop of the church of God, as um, a case study, right? I'll be using him as a case study. But then before I get started to talk about the stages where our love begins to be questionable, um, the disclaimer is that this is not all exhaustive. Um, that is to say that we could look at this matter from different angles, but I just want to look at it from a single conversation with Jesus that Peter had. Now, we know that Simon, Peter, the son of Jonas, was the one that um, Jesus told that, I'm going to build my church upon this revelation that you had. So, Peter is already a rock. Then he says that, on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But I want to look at how that the love of Peter was questionable and we begin to look at it and apply it to our lives. All right? So, it is first important to understand that Peter was a man of love or Peter depicted that he loved the Lord. He depicted that he loved the Lord. And I'm sure that we will, we will fall in some of these categories. I'm just going to lift four aspects that we see Peter exhibit a kind of um, love, right? Now, he showed that he loves to be all in, right? He demonstrated that he loves to be all in, that he's not just one part in. If we are in, we are in for good. And we see this with a scenario of the washing of feet. And the Bible says that Jesus was washing the feet of the disciples and Peter declined, you know. And he says that he feels like he's the one supposed to wash the feet of Jesus and not the other way around. And Jesus says that if I do not wash your feet, you do not have a part in me. And Peter wants to show that I want every part in you and of you. Then he said, Luke chapter 5, the verse 8, But Simon Peter, when he saw it, fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, 
for I am a sinner. I've, I've, I've gone ahead, right? So let me pick it from this angle rather first. So Peter is able to identify that because of one thing or the other, I can't get all in, right? I can't get all in. So depart from me for I'm a sinner. After Jesus had um, gone with him to uh, catch fish, and the Bible says that the boat began to sand. So in Luke chapter 5, the verse 8, he tells Jesus to depart from him that he's a sinner, he's unworthy, right? If one thing is disqualifying him, then he doesn't want to be a part. If he's going to be a part, then he wants to be a part holy. You get it? He wants to be a part holy. And like I was saying, with, with the washing of feet as well, when Jesus wanted to wash their feet, he said, I, 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 better, do, I better be the one to wash your feet. And the Bible says that Jesus told him that if I do not wash your feet, then you do not have a part in me. And he said, you know what? Wash my feet, my hands. Any part you can watch, wash. Wash every part. I want every part in you. Don't just watch, wash my feet. If washing my feet means that I have a part in you, I want all of you. So wash my hands also. Right? That is Peter. Peter wants to show you that he wants all in. If he is... If, he, if there is one thing that um, is a weakness or a limitation, he says, I'm a sinful man. I'm not worthy. Right? He doesn't want anything to discredit him at all. Right? And we also see the love of Peter for Jesus and the kingdom because he preferred the word of life. In John chapter 6, verse 68, when everybody was leaving, the Bible says, Jesus squeezed them and he said to the twelve, will you also leave me or will you also go away? The Bible says in John chapter 6 verse 68, Simon Peter answered him and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. So Peter was not there because of miracles. You know, I know somebody will say, I love God. I'm not just there because of a blessing. I'm not just there because of a miracle. I'm not just there because of that and this and that. I'm there to love on him. I'm there because of the word. And, and we, we understand that this is a proof of love. And Peter shows Jesus this. He says that, to whom shall we go? You are the one with the words of life. It's interesting that he did not mention that you are the one healing the sick, raising the dead. So I have a better chance with you that if I should die, you raise me up. Or if I should forsake you, heal me like you healed my, my mother-in-law. But Peter says that you are the one with the words of life. So Peter is in for something more than just benefits. You see, so Peter is showing proof of love here. We also see his uh, uh, how enthusiastic he is with the same washing of feet, right? John chapter 13, the verse 9. When Peter said to him that not only my feet, but my hands and my head. If it is my feet, that will give me a part in you. <laughs> you don't know how enthusiastic I am to show that I love you. Wash my hands. Wash my feet. Wash my head. You know. The Bible says, then Jesus said, that he that is bathed needed not 
safe to wash his feet, but it's clean everywhere. Right? So, that means that if Jesus was talking about bathing, then it means that Peter was saying that, Lord, bath me. If it is only my feet that will show that I have a part in you, then I want every part in you, bath all of me. So, he shows us his enthusiasm. Right? He shows us how he is enthusiastic about the Lord. Right? All these are proofs of love. And the fourth one I want to talk about, he was willing to go every length. In John chapter 18, verse 10, we see Simon Peter tell Jesus, therefore, having a, as, as um, um, not telling Jesus, showing Jesus his love by cutting off the right ear of Marcus, Right? One of the guards that came for Jesus. He was willing to go any length. Pulled out a sword and slew somebody. Cut off the ear. He's willing to go any length. Right? That is Simon Peter. He was willing to go any length. Then at one time, Jesus tells him, you know what? I see you are willing to go any length. Because Peter told Jesus that if it is into prison, I'll go with you. Into death, I'll go with you. Wherever you go, I'll be with you. Then Jesus tells him, Simon Peter, your love is still questionable. And as a proof of that, before the break of light, right, that is before the cock crows, three times, at dawn, the breaking of day, he said, you would have denied me three times. Three times. Not because you hate me, but you deny me three times. So, does it mean that we can show our enthusiasm, be willing to go every length, and yet still have a questionable love? And the answer is a big yes. Right? It's a big yes. And I want to pick on um, three main stages. Three main stages of a questionable love. Number one is confusion. Number two, confusion. Number three, wrong expectancy. Number one, confusion. Number two, confusion. Number three, wrong expectancy. Or thinking wrongly. Three stages. So, the first one, you are confused. You are really not sure. Not, not sure. You are confusing whatever you call love before the Lord. For you know you love the Lord because you were about dying and he saved you. And that is all it is. Nothing more, nothing less. If there is another one that can show up one day that can save you from death, you are likely going to slip off. Right? So, Jesus in John chapter 21 from the verse 15 to 17 quizzes Peter, do you love me? And by the third time, Peter was beginning to get trouble. Right? John chapter 21 verse 15, the first confusion. 
Jesus said. So when they had broken their fast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, lovest thou me more than these? Do you love me more than all the people here? He saith unto him, Yes, Lord. Thou knowest that I love thee. Then he said to him, Feed my lambs. Right? So let's look at the confusion here. The confusion here is that Jesus asked, Do you agapao me? Right? Agapila. To be one's beloved. Right? This was this was the kind of confusion Judas portrayed. Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss, and yet Agapao is symbolized by a kiss. Right? So here they are confusing the kiss of Agapao with the kiss of other things. He said, do you see me as a beloved? Do you agapow me? And Simon Peter said, oh, you know I feel you. In other words, you know I am fond of you. You know I am your friend. Are you my beloved? Right? We are looking at beloved here in the old context of English. So, are you married to me, Peter? Then Peter says, oh, you know you are my friend. You see? So, he confuses friendship with intimacy. The first confusion is confusing the intimacy of a beloved with the closeness and the fondness of a mere friend. And you know what this kind of confusion does? It takes from you a certain duty of grazing for the master. Because he said, if you agapow me, then you should feed my lambs. In other words, the young ones that have been saved, the babies in the kingdom, give them food. Graze them. Take them for grazing. Take them for a feed. So this kind of confusion takes away that duty. So the first thing a man begins to miss out when your love is questionable, you do not care about those that have been born again anew. Man of God, I love God. Ask yourself, are you ever concerned about sharing the word of God, feeding the new souls, feeding the born again ones, discipling other people? If it has never been on your list, to pick a new convert and teach them, to pick a new convert and 
help them grow in the word help them grow in the kingdom there is a question on your love you are behaving as a friend when you should behave as a beloved that you have the duty of bringing up the offsprings your love is questionable that's the first question on your love that's the first question on your love then in the verse 16 Jesus asks him again he saith unto him again a second time Simon son of Jonah lovest thou me he saith unto him yes Lord thou knowest that I love thee he saith unto him tend my sheep lovest thou me and he said, Tend my sheep. So once again, Jesus said, Do you agapao me? And Peter is simply not getting it. I, my beloved, he's still saying, I am your friend. And he rather is getting angry that Jesus is beginning to ask him the same question continuously. You know, there are times that we expect something of the Lord and we don't see it how we want to see it. How come God has still not trusted me with this kind of power, this kind of ability, this kind of open door and stuff like that? And whilst you think you're qualified, you may be answering the wrong question. Jesus never asked Peter, are you my friend? Because he was already calling them friends. And the three main stages of growth with the, the Lord, as we walk with the Lord, we come in as servants, then as friends, then as brethren. And a friend will always not be in the appropriate outfit so we see that when the lord organized a feast for his son there was one that was not dressed in the right attire he called him and he said friend why are you not dressed in the right attire and they sent him out in other words he ended up in the outer darkness yeah. So Peter was treading on a dangerous ground. You see, let me link it with what I was saying on Sunday. The five foolish, foolish virgins did not lack oil. They had oil, but not enough. They had oil, but not what was required. A questionable love. A questionable love. It's not that you don't have love, but the love you have has a question on it. I'm not talking about you not having love for the Lord. I'm talking about the fact that you can have love for the Lord, and yet there's a question on that love. Why do you do what you do? How do you do it? What heart follows it? So you can be willing to go to any length. You can be enthusiastic. You can prevent the prefer the word of God, you can um, want to be in 
the service with everything that you have. And yet, there's a question on your love. So, this second confusion of agape love with filial love or friendship is that kind of confusion that robs you of the duty of a shepherd that rules the sheep. Here he said, tend my sheep. In other words, act as a shepherd. Stand in my stead. So, if you are not shepherding a certain flock, we have now moved from feeding the young ones, the newly saved ones. We are now at that place where we are beginning to expect that you now act as a shepherd. Are you getting it? So, you must now function as a shepherd. So you have groomed them. They are now not just lambs, but they are adult lambs. Right? So they are part of the flock. And this time around, you have to rule them. You are to feed them, but feed them as grown ones. Not as lambs. It also means that to be able to keep them, Jesus when he was praying to the father, he says that all that you gave me have I kept except the son of perdition. So you are expected to keep those that the Lord gives you. Hallelujah. And if you're unable to do this, there's a question on your love. So number one, I know you love the Lord. Do you have a new convert you are grooming? Number two, do you have any flock that you are shepherding? In other words, as you keep growing in the love of God, by the time you come to church, you must bring a new convert. At a certain point in time, even when you have not been made a shepherd in the church, you are shepherding over a flock. You know, there are some people when we want to reach, we have to go through you. There are some people when we want to speak to, we have to go through you. There are some people that when you are absent from church, it is likely they are absent from church. It is not a good habit. But what I'm trying to say is that You've created a certain niche and link. Right? You have created a family and joining them to the bigger family so that we are bigger. So I ask you, do you have any new converts you are discipling? Number two, have you discipled any new convert to maturity that now you are beginning to keep them as the lost flock and ensuring that they continue to grow and the third question John 21 17 
He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of John, lovest thou me? And Peter was grieved. He was bothered. Because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. And this third one is to graze the sheep. Feed the sheep. Whether or not you are shepherd over any. In other words, go beyond your sheepfold and now begin to feed other sheep. So, when we now put a sermon online right now, what is happening is that we have gone beyond our sheepfold and we are now reaching others. You get it? So, this gives us the duty to graze the sheep. And once again, Peter was still talking about Philio. And this is that point, this is that third time that we are beginning to expect that the love of friendship is enough, but the Lord is requiring of us more. We feel that we have plateaued in demonstrating our love to God. And it is because Peter went through all this that he, by the time he was writing 2 Peter chapter 1, the verse 1, his statement tells us that he had now understood the course of life in Christ. Peter is a rock. He had understood the course of life in Christ from a rock to a bond servant, from a bond servant to a messenger sent to the flock. So in 2 Peter 1, 1, he said, Simon Peter, a rock, um, Simon Peter, a servant, so a rock, a servant, and a messenger of Jesus Christ. First, when Jesus was saying, I'll build my church, he referred to him as a rock. Then by the conferring of the Spirit, he discharged him as an apostle. But before then, he groomed him as a servant. So as a rock, as a servant, as an apostle. So what are some of those that erases questions on our love? Apart from these three, correcting these three. Number one, you must be found as a rock or as a lively stone. I've explained this before. As a lively stone. Right? That the Lord can now build with you. Number two, you must be a servant. Not thinking and not claiming rights to anything. Not feeling like you have been serving the Lord for the past five years. You deserve some respect. You have been serving in the house of God. You deserve some respect. Right? There's this 
recurrent story of a man of God that was demanding that they, ref- they, 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 they add his office or his title before they call his name. That they cannot just call his name like that. <laughs> the sense of servanthood is gone because a servant has no right. It is at this point that you see the Lord as a despotic ruler. You owe him everything and have right to nothing. That what he says is what stands. Yes, sir, master, and off you go. And then thirdly, you are supposed to be a messenger. Right? All of us are not called apostles. But all of us can be messengers. That means that God can give you a message and send you and send you to his flock. Right? So these are what marks a questionable love and an unquestionable love. Praise the Lord. Right? We want to lift up prayer.